morning. I'm glad to see you. Glad you're here. I uh, I hope that that this segment, this worship time of the in the Word, is going to make a difference in your life. In fact, uh, Shannon was serving as an usher, and as he walked by me just now, I reached out and I hit him with this notebook, and I said, "Now you've been touched by the Word." And he said, it's about time. So I'm hoping that, I'm hoping it's about time for some of y'all this morning. I'm hoping that you'll feel like you were touched by the word. I really think you will. I'm excited, very excited. I always love to get in the word. I love to study it. I, lo- I just love the living word, the practicality, the application of the word of God. Don't you? You know, uh, I want you to turn with me to Mark chapter 4. We're going to be looking at verse 26 and on down through 29. But I want to talk for a few minutes about uh, because the seeds are sown. What happens because the seeds are sown? Now, you're just going to have to put up with me today because it's springtime. And I'm the only one here who has problems with allergies. So my voice will squeak. And sometimes you'll think, is he 13 or is he 52? I mean, my voice is going to be going all over the place and doing some funny things. Disregard that today. But I love spring. Man, I tell you, I love spring. I love the vibrant colors of spring. And it's such a strange thing because every year I look forward to this time of year, uh, knowing uh, the misery that it's going to cause. But still yet, I just love those bright, vibrant greens, fresh leaves on the trees and all the flowers. I just, I love the newness of that season And I know that every season brings such awesome good things. And then there's also some things that come along with every season that aren't so much fun. And all of you in the room that are sniffing and coughing and your eyes are itching know what I'm talking about right now. But we still love spring. I want you to look at this passage of scripture with me in verse 26. Again, Jesus said God's kingdom is like what happens when a farmer scatters seed in a field. The farmer sleeps at night and he's up and around during the day, yet the seeds keep sprouting and growing and he doesn't understand how. It's the ground that makes the seeds sprout and grow into plants that produce grain. And then when harvest season comes and the grain is ripe, the farmer cuts it with a sickle. You know, our good buddy uh, Gene Hampton has gone to be with the Lord. I saw Sonia Sonia coming in this morning. I, I don't know where she's at, but... Uh, in the service, but um, her daddy was such a hero to me. And most of uh, any of you in this room that knew him knew what a warrior he was, uh, what a friend he was, what an encourager he always was to me. And I remember last spring he called Deb and I, had us come over to his house, and Sonia was there and helped us. And he was sitting on the back porch. He gave us his raised bed containers. And uh, and we loaded them up in our car and we took them home last spring and we filled them up with miracle Grow, and we planted peppers and tomatoes and all kinds of good stuff. And, and I thought this spring whenever I, I t- took them back out and I started preparing the soil and getting it ready again, I thought of, of Brother Gene and how much I appreciated him and how he left that to me so that every time I go out there and look at all those things that are that are growing in those raised beds, it reminds me of his green thumb. And those things don't look nearly as pretty as the things he grew, but it reminds me of him. I even decided this year 
uh, tackle a project above and beyond the raised beds. And, and I got my dad's tiller, and I brought it over to the house, and I plowed. And I'll tell you, I should have been a horse. Now, there's a lot of you that think I'm a donkey. But I should have been a horse. But I got behind that plow, and I plowed me up a patch. And, man, Deb and I have been working that getting it ready and we've got we've got some things planted but we don't have seeds in the ground we just have the raised beds done and now now we're getting ready to start the fun of planting some seeds and that's going to be fun to watch that whole thing culminate it's neat to see the things that you plant in the ground produce the things that you actually use you can eat and give them to other people it's just it's just a wondrous thing to to think about the earth now some people have the wrong idea about the earth they think that the earth is God, call it, refer to it as Mother Earth, and it's not mother or father, by the way, it's just the earth, and it's not to be worshipped any more than the sun or the moon or stars or trees or rocks or any other object, they are the products of creation, we worship the creator of all things, but we understand yet this magical, mysterious substance called earth and its ability to do some miraculous things. You know, we have the ability to go out and prepare soil and sow seeds. And it brings forth all kinds of new things. I know that uh, several years ago we had an ice cream social after church one night. Some of you were probably there and and I thought of Brother Nolan Pennington when I was thinking about what all I was going to grow in my garden this year because I remember the year that we had the ice cream, um, what was it, the competition. And Brother Nolan brought his famous baked squash ice cream. Yeah, that's how good it was too. And so I thought of him this year that I'm going to try to plant some squash to provide him so he can make some of you specifically some baked squash ice cream, and then I'm going to have him bring it to you. So you better act right or you'll get some this year. (laughs) Actually, it was peach, and it was pretty good, but it was a lot of fun when we told people it was baked squash, wasn't it, Nolan? They stayed away from that container like it was the plague. Baked squash? What's the matter with that man? We had a lot of fun with that. There's just something about that's amazing about the way God created this planet to sustain life. That, that this ground, this earth that he created can be plowed and it can be sown and it can be watered and it can be weeded to produce every kind of vegetable and fruit that we can ever imagine. You know, the teaching of Jesus here illustrates what I'm talking about. I want to take a few minutes to break these verses down. I want to tell you what it was that Jesus was teaching us here. And I think it's interesting to note, we need to say this before we go any further, that, that what happens on earth when seeds are planted mirrors the way the kingdom of God functions. What does that mean? We're constantly praying that God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven. There are natural laws that God has instituted, and heaven is run according to a certain way, and earth mirrors it in many ways. 
what is the king? When we are praying for the kingdom of God to come to earth, what we're asking is, God, your will be done here as it is there. Let things happen here like they do there. And sometimes our will and our ways get in the way of that, but we're praying for that. And at some point, we're going to understand that even more because we're going to see when we get to heaven how that, that was mirrored and how those things were symbolic. And we're going to get there and go, oh, wow. This makes sense. And so Jesus taught in parables, didn't he? Taught in stories. And this is, this is one of those, he's teaching a story here and he's talking about, I want you to understand that the way that a farmer grows crops mirrors the way things happen in the kingdom of God. It mirrors how things happen in heaven. That God is a God of if and thens that we can't get good enough to necessarily uh, ever merit any, any of his goodness. He just grants that to us through his mercy but that he is a God of if and thens and he is a covenant God. And he says that if you do certain things, then certain things will happen and they are his laws. And one of his laws is called the law of the harvest. And that is what's being illustrated in this passage of scripture. We're talking about the law of the harvest, which says that if you plant a seed in good soil, it will produce fruit of its kind. You still with me? If you plant a seed in good soil, it will produce fruit or vegetable of its kind. It just will. Whatever you sow, you will reap. So if I want to have cucumbers this year, I'm going to need to plant some cucumber seeds. And no matter how much I want this to happen, if I decide I want cucumbers, but I go out in the yard and I sow watermelon seeds, then I can take a chair and sit there and I can pray and I can fast and I can cry and I can, and I can question God when up this comes and it's not cucumbers. And I'm like, God, what are you doing? I wanted watermelon. And he said, but you planted cucumbers. But that's not what I wanted. And you said I could ask anything. And he's saying, but I will not suspend my natural laws, one of them being the law of the harvest. So now Deb doesn't like the crabgrass in our yard. So, I mean, she's been diligent about getting rid of that. If she sows thorns in our yard instead of Bermuda, we're going to get thorns instead of Bermuda. No matter how long she weeds and fertilizes and rakes and toils, we're not going to get what she wants if we don't plant the right thing. Man, I hate how smart you all. You do this every week. You get way ahead of me. And you're there again. So if you plant seeds of greed and malice and hatred and anger and bitterness and rebellion, and then you go to church and you stand up and you pray, God bless me and make my life abundant and give me joy, and God says, I don't think so. That's not how the law of the harvest works. You're planting a seed, you're going to reap a harvest. Now you will reap a harvest. Definitely gonna get because that's fair and God is just. So the Bible says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. In that one statement is the principles both ways it shows you that you get paid for either one. The wage of sin, the product of sin, is death. That's a seed sown and that's what it produces. But the gift of God, the seed sown in good soil, Produces eternal life. 
Now, you can take that anywhere you want in your life, and, the, and, the, and this law of the harvest applies. I'm not picking on you, but I'm going to tell you right now. If you spend your life, you spend your life making bad decisions with your body, then you're going to get bad results later on in life. How many people have I had in prayer lines that said, pray for me, pastor, Uh, I have emphysema. Well, how'd you get emphysema? Well, I smoked two packs of cigarettes a day for 35 years. Well, guess what? You've been planting a seed. Does God love you? Yes. But you want me to pray for him to give new, new lungs? You want me to pray for him to give you new lungs that you wouldn't need if you hadn't sown this seed? And now you expect God to to spend his law of the harvest? You say, well, 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 God loves me and I'm serving him and he should heal me. Well, that he's gonna heal you ultimately. You might get to heaven faster than you were supposed to and he's gonna say, glad you're here. Could have lived a little longer if you'd have made some good decisions. I still love you, but... So if you choose to make poor decisions, then you can spend the rest of your life sitting around fasting, praying, crying, weeping, Angry, questioning God, and God be like, I love you. It's the law of the harvest. You can't eat ice cream. I mean, a few years ago, I had a, a goal. I told you all this not too long ago. I set myself a goal. I said, I'm going to eat ice cream every day this summer because I'm not going to waste this summer. Now, I learned something that year. You can't look like Nick Dan and eat ice cream every day of your life. I like the way Nick Dan looks. I don't know where he's at, but I I, I used to look like that too before I had summers of let's see if we can eat ice cream every day. So I stand on the scales and pray and cry and weep and beg God, oh God, take this weight off. And God said, look, you sowed a seed and that's the wage. You produce the fruit. You got something there, fella. You gained 60 pounds since high school. Seriously, I, I was only 165 pounds in high school. Same height I am now. Nickname was Skinny and Whitey. Those were my two nicknames. Whitey because it was a sin for us to wear shorts back in those days and I was on the basketball team So every year I couldn't even wear the shorts until it was time for the season And then I could only wear them during the game at which point everybody would be like, oh my lands, Whitey Please folks use a little wisdom. Don't do that to your children I'm not saying let them run around in g-strings, but let them wear some shorts for goodness sake I don't think you're gonna sow a real bad seed with some shorts that come down to about here. You know what I'm saying? And I wear shorts now. Sometimes, oh, God forbid, sometimes I wear shorts on Wednesday nights to teach. I've never had anyone come forward at the end of those messages and say, pray for me, Pastor, I've lusted for you during this whole message. <laughs> Your legs are so fine. You see my legs? I'm going to wear some shorts. And ain't nobody going to hell over me wearing shorts. Me or you. There's only a few of y'all whose legs are worse than mine. I'm looking right at some of you right now. 
You put a seed in the ground and it, if it's in good soil, it's going to produce a crop. It just will. Whatever you sow, you're going to reap. So remember that. But the, the, it's a really good principle because if we sow good seed, man, we get awesome crops. Amazing, bountiful crops. Were you here last week when we talked about abiding in the vine and producing fruit? These are the ones that are producing that fruit. So I want to move on and I want to take you down a little bit of a road here for a few minutes. And I want you to understand that when we talk about this law of the harvest, that there are certain things that we can do and we have to do those things. We, we, we plow, we fertilize, we sow seed, we water, we weed, and then we harvest. But, but between the sowing and the harvesting, something miraculous happens. And this is what this passage of scripture is laying out for us. At some point, God must participate. We could do all this work. But somewhere between the planting and the harvest, God has to participate. And it's the law of the harvest. It is me doing everything I could do, planting a seed. And then the Bible said, and then the farmer went on about his way. Wasn't no need sitting out in front, sitting there in a chair and waiting for the next 60 days. This Bible said he scattered seed in the field and then he went on about his living. And in the time between then and the harvest, the ground recognized the seed and the seed began to germinate and sprouted forth because God kicked in. So we did what we could do. Then God took it from there. And then here came a harvest. And then God said, now put in the sickle and harvest that. Oh, well, I thought God was going to do the harvesting. No, God's going to produce the harvest. And then we got work to do. You say, well, what's the harvesting? The harvesting is the things that we're doing now, discipling, teaching, sowing more seed, witnessing, living godly lives. That continues the process. But there's that part in there where we have to wait for God. So I want to talk for just a couple of minutes about four things that, that we have to do before God gets involved. And then what happens as a result? First of all, there is the, the segment of plowing. And I believe that plowing in the, in the spiritual, we know what it is in the physical, breaking up the fallow ground. We've got to get the seed in the earth. But I believe that plowing, the spiritual ramification or implication of that in our lives is that God is plowing us. I am being plowed up. The fallow ground is being plowed up, turned over constantly. My calling, my ministry is my field, whatever that might be. I'm not talking about just preaching. I'm talking about wherever you work. I'm saying that wherever you are living, wherever you are functioning, that is your field and it is constantly being prepared during different seasons of your life, you are being plowed by the Holy Spirit 
for what's coming. The second phase of this is what we would call to scatter. This is the sowing of the seed. What's happening in this stage? Teaching, preaching, telling, witnessing, living a holy life. You may not have a pulpit like this, but you have a pulpit wherever you're at, at school or home or job, wherever that might be. There you are, having been plowed. Now you are in the process of living this godly life where you're constantly scattering seed by the way you live. You're not standing up preaching. You're not up with a microphone. You're going about living your life. And in that life, in your going, like Jesus said, you are in the process of making disciples. You are scattering seed. Then comes the watering. I believe the watering is prayer. This is where we're waiting. Because remember, after we sowed the seed, we covered it up, and then we have to sit and wait until the harvest comes, and that's where God kicks in. I believe that when we're in this process, this is where we're praying, and we're diligently waiting on God, and we're just, we're just being patient in that setting. And prayer is coming down like rain, producing like rain. And then fourth is the harvesting. And this is where we have to be ready because we're going to have to go to work. The scripture said that the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Now, why is that? Because by and large, most of the workers are busy living their own lives. It's not that they don't love Jesus. It's just they're so preoccupied and so distracted by their own life, by their own living, and by the cares of this life that they can't get to harvesting. They're constantly trying to put out the fires in their own life. It's always going to be that way, that way because the enemy is always going to do everything he can to distract you from your purpose. And what is your purpose that we learned last week to produce fruit your purpose is to produce fruit it's not to put out fires it's not to be happy it's not to be blessed not to be rich it's to produce fruit wherever God wants to produce fruit through you and so here you are in this process of producing producing or production and now we're supposed to be going in and working this harvest are we saving souls? No, nobody saves them but God. He saves them. But the harvest is after the, after the saving. The harvest is we're going in among this and we are discipling and we are working and we're teaching and we're, and we're getting them planted and we're getting them into ministry. And we're getting them into connect groups and we're getting them into these places where that they can grow. This is how we are protecting the harvest. Only God can bring forth the harvest. Only he can make the seed sprout and come to life. He never asked us to save anybody, just to do our part, and he would make the ground do its part. I want to share something with you that he showed me last Sunday. And you say, why, why, why are you all getting up there talking about God showed you something? God didn't talk to you that much. Well, I may not deserve for him to, but he does sometimes. Okay? And I know he, I know he spoke to me last Sunday. Now, I was... I was standing right down there during the worship segment. It was, you know, what an amazing, if you were here last week, you know it was an amazing service, wasn't it? Just waves of glory, an amazing service. But this was before any of that broke out. It was just, it was during the worship time, before uh, we had came up and done offering or anything, and I was just standing down there. And I want you to understand before I go into this and tell you this story, I, you have to understand from my, from my end, when I begin to tell you this, if I, don't, if I don't lay a foundation for this, you're going to think, oh, wow, he's arrogant or something. So I need you to understand something. I take what God is doing here personally. I love every single one of you all, and, and you're my family. And I'm your pastor, and I take that very seriously. 
Even though some of you are quite a bit older than I am, I still feel like I'm your spiritual father. I don't deserve that. I didn't earn that. God called me to that, equipped me to do it, prepared me to do it, and enables me to do it because I certainly couldn't do any of it on my own, but I take it very personally. And so when I stand here and I, I look across a crowd, it breaks my heart because I look across the crowd and I see you and I know what some of you are going through and things that are happening in your lives at that very moment. And that, and that breaks me. And so every week, I, you know, I'm praying for you and I'm loving you and I'm thinking about you. And so when the Lord speaks to me about the church, I take that very personally. When he tells me something about the church, I'm, I'm like, oh, he's talking to me. And so I have to say that to tell you that when I was standing there, the Holy Spirit spoke something into my heart. And I stood and I just looked across the crowd. And for those of you that don't know, I mean, this, the, 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 this place all across this campus was just packed out last week. Just in the, just in the 10 o'clock service, there were, there were more than 700 people here trying to find a place to park their cars. Now, there was more than that for the total number, but I'm saying at 10 o'clock. So, I looked across this room and it was just jam-packed. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me and he said, before long, this is what this room will look like two and three times a week. And I said, based on what I told you a minute ago, oh Lord, I don't deserve that. And just as quick as it could come out of my mind, he spoke back to me and said, I'm not doing this for you. I'm doing this for me. And I said, sorry, Lord. (laughs) Didn't mean to try to take a hold of your business. But then I went on in my prayer and I said, but God, I want to see it with my own eyes in this time from here and not from there. And he didn't say nothing. But then he went on. So I'm still holding him. He hadn't told me, but I'm still, I want to be here. But then here's what the Lord spoke to my heart. This was so amazing. He said, and I'm going to read to make sure I get this to you the way he told it to me. This is the product of many years of seeds being sown. Seeds are still being sown. You can't stop this. This is the law of the harvest. You didn't do it. You can't even stop it. Wow, I just started crying. Can you imagine? It was powerful. Now, I want you to listen to me. Because I'm going to prophesy something here. And it doesn't even require faith on my part to do this. I want you to get it in your mind. If you were here last week, I want you to put it down in your day book like they used to say. You remember Easter Sunday of 2015 because that was a special day. That's the day the Lord gave us that word. If we plow and if we water and if we sow and if we harvest... There is coming a major harvest to this church. And it's not coming because we deserve it. It's not going to happen because we're better than some other church. It's coming just because that's the way the law of the harvest works. It's not supernatural. It's not mystical. It's not magical. It's just the Lord showed me this is the product of 22 years. Now you think about something, guys. I'm going to give you a little vision here. 22 years ago, 
When I used to preach in the old sanctuary, which was as big as this one, over 500 seats in the old sanctuary, and I would preach, and lots of times I would look out across the congregation, and there would be 75 people in, a, in a, over a 500-seat sanctuary. 75 people in those seats. Do you know that that's not many? When you stand up here and you look at that, you got to holler over there, and then you holler in here and back here and over there. 75 in a 500-seat sanctuary is not a lot. Of those 75 people, there were a few of them that didn't like where we were going and they quit. There are now in our church probably about 35 people that were here 22 years ago. And a whole lot have joined us since. And some have been here 10 years or 15 years or 5 years or 2 months. But the Lord showed me that the people who had been here all that time had been praying and sowing seed, it was the law of the harvest, that just 35 or 40 people who had prayed and fasted and stayed and believed and held on and continued to sow and continued to water and continued to pray and continued to wait, that this harvest now was coming because of that. And not just them, but it was like a snowball, a little snowball. You know, when you start rolling it, it's not much, and it takes a lot of rolling to get something going. But after a while, it don't take near as much effort for it to grow exponentially because a little bit here, a little bit there, and it starts picking up snow on all sides. And that's what happened here. And we saw the result of it last Sunday. Was so many people having sown so much seed for so much time and then new ones coming in because what happened was those people sowed seed and the church grew from 75 to about 150 in about a year and a half, 135, I think it was 135 in a year and a half. So we grew from there to about 135. We hired the first full-time staff person. And then we went from 135 and we grew to about 150, 175. Then one day we looked around and we're like, wow, there's 225 of us now. There's 250. And then we had Easter's where we were 300. And we're like, oh, my lands, we've hit 300 on Easter. This is amazing. And every time the snowball was taken on new snow, and each time seeds had been sown, people had been saved, People have been harvested. They've been plugged in. They were being discipled and they started sowing seeds. See how that worked? And so the Lord was simply showed me what was a very logical thing. 22 years worth of sowing seeds, scattering water and praying, waiting, harvesting, discipling. That's just what happens. So when he says you can't stop this, he's saying now there's, there's, you know, truthfully, there's about 800 of us now. 800 people that are sowing seeds. 800 becomes 1,600 real quick. A whole lot quicker than 75 became 300. And you can't stop it. It just happens that way. It's not that that your pastors are so charismatic or that your deacons are so smart or because the ministries and the programs are so awesome or because I'm a great preacher. None of that is the reason why this is happening. God's very quick to show us that. Those things are a part of it. They're just a part of it, but they're a part of the harvest. They're a part of the discipling process. The, but it's not my doings that did this. And he showed me, it's not me. It's not the staff. It's not, it's you. You've been sowing seeds. And God is rewarding you with a harvest. And some of you can look around this room right now and you know that there's people in this room that are here because you brought them and they're sticking. 
that, that ought to bring you a sense of, 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 of great spiritual, okay kind of pride. There's people in this room that are going to go to heaven because you sowed a seed. And there's a whole lot more that are going to go to heaven that aren't here yet because you're still sowing a seed. I want you to get that in your spirit. This is powerful stuff. Your life is making a difference. You tell somebody our church is growing. Why is it growing? Well, because, you know, they preach good messages and they have a lot of good worship. I'm telling you, you're the reason this is happening. You're the reason. You're the reason it's going to keep happening. That's why God told me what he told me. I can't stop. I can't even stop this. I could be gone tomorrow and this will keep going. Because you're going to keep sowing seed. And that's the law of the harvest. That's just the way that it works. We have to make sacrifices for the harvest though, folks. We all have to become workers in the field. None of us can sit back and watch others do all the work. We've got babies to take care of here. I'm talking about physical babies and spiritual babies. And we got to have somebody taking care of babies all over the place. They got to be taking care of them in the nursery and we got to be taking care of them in the spirit. And we're going to have a lot more to take care of. We need everybody. We don't need anybody waiting to become sinless and perfect before they start working. If everybody had to be sinless and perfect to plant the garden, we wouldn't ever have a garden. Every, there's a lot of folks out in the garden that are planting seeds and God's blessing it. Have you ever noticed that? You ever notice how some people are being blessed? They're not even Christians. The law of the harvest works for even people that aren't Christians. You say, oh, I see this guy out here and he's a dog. He ain't even saved. And, and everything he does is, is blessed and he's got all kind of money. Because he's working hard and that's the law of the harvest. If he works hard, he, now he ain't going to have nothing to show for it on the other side if he don't give his heart to Jesus. But on this side, he's going to have a lot to show for it. It's the law of the harvest. It's just the way it works. Whether you understand or not, that's just the way it works. We got to go to two services. We have to. You look around right now and you say, why do we need to do that? We got some seats open. Some of you are worried about, well, if we do it, we're going to lose momentum. Because in the summertime, you know, uh, you know we, we, we've got 350 people in this room. And, and if we split that in half and there's only 150, 175 in each one, it's going to look really bare. And that's going to be discouraging. And we're going to lose our momentum. It's, it's fun to come in here with the room full. We don't want to split that and mess that up. I'm telling you. We have to make room for the seed that's been sown. We're not doing this because we don't have the room in here. We really don't have the room anywhere else. We're jam-packed with children right now. They had, they had 200 kids last week in the children's area. 200 in the children's area last week. <clears throat> the parking lot was completely full. They were parked on the grass and out maybe 50 cars completely off campus last week. So... You know, for the, for the amount of people we had our last week, we couldn't even sustain that on a weekly basis because if you had to come every week and put up with that, you wouldn't do it. So we, we've got to go to two services to open up room for folks to be able to come in and find a seat without, you know, without it being a difficult thing. We've got to have a, we, they got to be able to find a place to park without having to, us be out there trying to find them a place to park over at Richard's or, you know, over in the Hobby Lobby parking lot. I mean, that, that. We, we just got to open this thing up. 
And I feel like that when we do this, that there may be, Marty, there may be for a, a, a summer or two, there may be some times in the summer where the numbers are kind of low in each one of those. So there may be, but for a year or two. But I'm going to tell you what, the Lord told me last Sunday that someday we're going to see this two and three times a week. We can't do that if we don't do that. That won't, ha- I mean, it won't happen if we won't let it. If, if you plant a seed in a little bitty box and you, and you keep it in that box, it, it won't produce what it would. We just got to, we, all we got to do now, God's doing it. All we got to do is make room. We just got to let him go. We got to get out of his way. So it's going to require some sacrifice. We got to open this thing up. We got to go to two services. Start in the fall, we're going to go to two services. I'm going to be asking y'all to make a decision. I'm going to be asking a lot. I need, I need a lot of people to go to the early service because a lot of new people are going to come to the second service. They're not going to come to an earlier service. I need you folks to come to an earlier service so that the place will be open for us to have a room to grow. Does that make sense? So we're talking about a 930 service and an, an 1115 service. 930, most of us, it's only 30 minutes earlier than what we were already doing. When we move from, from 10 to 930, great. Man, we'll fill this one up like we're doing, and then we have a place in that second one to start over again. Is And that's where that we feel like most people are going to, most guests are going to look around and look at the website. They're going to come to that second service. But we need you to, we need you to be understanding and patient. And so I really felt like the Lord wanted me to share this with you. And I want to pray for you. And I want us to, we're going to end our time this morning together in prayer. And I'm praying for God to help us in those four phases of the harvest. I, I know that a lot of us in this room are struggling with that because we're like, man, if we go to two services, we're not going to be here at the same time. We're not going to see the same people every week. You know, we're not going to be able to get together. We're not going to see each other in the, out in the gathering hall, this kind of stuff. And I'm going to tell you, I already know this, that a lot of us are late adapters. There's a few that are early adapters and a lot of late adapters. And we're like, man, change. I don't like change. I don't like make. I don't like having to do all that stuff. I don't, let's just leave it like it is. I mean, it's working. Obviously, it's working. Leave it like it is. Leave it like it is and it won't grow. So I'm praying that God will plow our fields. For all those people that are saying, God, I'm really having a hard time with this change. I really am struggling with things being different. I'm praying that God will plow your field. And prepare you the same way. Show you the same things that he's showing me in the leadership. That he'll plow that field. I'm praying for you that God will allow you to scatter and sow more seed. Because I want every person in this room that calls this their home to be planting seed. I can't, Pastor. I've got too much sin in my life. You can still work in the field with us. We'll be glad to have you. We need plenty of workers in the field. I got a feeling everybody's going to work in the field has got sin in their life. I saw in the Bible where that Enoch was the only guy that didn't have sin in his life. He got taken up out of here. If you're here next Sunday, I'm going to know you're not perfect. And I'll be here next week unless the Lord just takes me home. Wouldn't that be ironic? But if I'm here next week, that means I'm not Enoch. So... I'm planning on scattering seed, and I want everybody in this room, I'm going to be praying for you, that he not just plows the field, but that he causes you to see the need to start sowing seed. Because if you sow seed, it's going to happen even faster. I don't think it's going to take, take very long. I think so when we open this up, it's going to really, the Lord's really going to. You say, why do you care about it growing? Like, why do you care about those numbers? I don't care about the numbers. I care about the army. I care about the army that God is going to produce here in two and three and four, whatever weekend services that are going out and reaching Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. 
That's what I care about. I care about people that are being discipled and are going out and making a difference in our world. And I want you to be a part of that. So I'm praying that God will cause you to be one that scatters seed. I'm praying that God will cause you to be watered on, that you will pray, that you'll pray like you've never prayed before. Because in order for this thing to go like it needs to go and like we think it's going to go, it's going to take a lot of prayer. Because you know what? The enemy does not want us to do this. He is fighting us so hard. He's attacking us in our families. He's attacking us in every, he's attacking us in our health. He's attacking us every way he can. We talked about the storm. Some of us have been in the storm now for a long time. We're still in the storm. And that's the enemy attacking us because he does not want us to take this step of faith. So I'm asking that we will pray. I'm praying for you that you will pray. I'm praying that you'll be convicted, that the the Holy Spirit will speak to you and say pray, and that you'll pray for this and what God is doing and where we're going as a church. And then I'm praying that God will cause you to get involved in the harvest. You say, well, the harvest is the end of time. God's going to save him. No, 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 no. The harvest is now. We got folks right now that we need help that have been harvested. The sickle's been put in. They've, been, they've become a part of the family. We need you to help us disciple the harvest. So I'm praying that God will put it on your heart because we go to two services. We're going to need twice the amount of volunteers. We're going to need all kinds of people. Then both services, greeting and smiling, opening doors, working at the kiosk and receiving the children in the children's area and technicians. We're going to need twice as many people. The days of being able to just come here and sit and watch are going to be over. We're going to ask you. We're going to ask you. We're going to ask you. We have to ask you to work a service and come to a service. You mean you want me to come up here for two services on Sunday? You don't have to hear me preach both times. That's a plus. But here's what I don't want. I don't want you coming one service, working it and going home and not getting in the word and being a part of the vision. I need you to come to church. You got to stay on track here with it, but I need your help. Some of you say, well, I, I, I'm smart enough. I'll figure this out. Maybe if I, maybe, maybe you might want to do it. I think I'll come to a service and then at that second service, I'll stay long enough to greet at the doors. Hey, you might be on to something. I'll sing first service, sing the second one, then I could leave. I don't care. I just need you to be at a service and help us in a service. Does that make sense? I'm sowing seed right now. And I'm praying that the Holy Spirit will cause that to take root. We need you all. You don't got to get perfect before you can help. We need you right now. You're our family. We love you. We got a, spa- we got a place for you. The really, really cool thing about days like this is that I'm, tell, I'm, I'm sharing this with you, and, and I'm really praying that the Lord uh, impresses this in your spirit and you really catch hold of this, because not so that I can say I was so smart, because I'm not, but I'm, I'm hoping that this really gets in your spirit because we're going to look back on this day. We're going to look back to Easter of 2015 and we're like, wow, wow, God was right. Not pastor, God was right. He said he was going to fill this place up two and three times a week, And he's done it. And I'm telling you, we're going to do that within a few years. We're going to look back saying, remember that day? Pastor, what are we going to do now? Well, I guess we'll go to another service. What are we going to do now? Well, I guess we'll go buy some land and build a building. Isn't that daunting? No. In fact, I've already got plans for some of y'all for next year. You know, the, 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 the REACH campaign is almost done. It's done in June, right? REACH is done in June. 
been, been majorly successful. So guess what we're going to do next year? Do it again. But I'm not going to ask everybody because some people didn't have fun with it. Some people are like, oh, man, he's talking about it again. So we're not going to do the statements next time. We're not going to do the commit. I'm, we're not, I'm just going to get up here and say, how many of y'all have had fun giving above and beyond your tithes this year to see God do what he did on our properties and in the ministries and all? And we're going to take reach, and we're not just going to use it on facilities. We're going to use it on ministries. We're going to use it on missions. We're going to use reach for everything that doesn't fit in the budget to do the ministry of the kingdom. And I believe there's a bunch of people in this room that got so blessed by doing this and had so much fun that they're going to say, I'm just going to keep doing it. I'm just going to keep on doing it. That's me sowing seed. And that's how we're going to end up someday by generously and hilariously giving in every area. That's how someday we're going to fill this place up to the point we're going to have to get a new one. And it won't be daunting because we've learned that every time we do what God tells us to do, he supplies the need. We just have to be intentional about making the need known. It's a day of vision. I hope you're excited as I am. It gives you something to talk about at lunch anyway. Some of you are talking about, man, that guy is nuts. He's just a complete idiot. Others would be like, no, nah, I've been listening to that for 20 years. Sometimes what he says actually happens. You wait and see. The Lord don't lie. He just don't lie. Why would it not happen? Isn't this the best church in the world? And why wouldn't God want people to experience what you experience every week in worship and to feel his presence and to be able to be prayed for and know that people love you and to hear the word of God is the unadulterated word of God and have your lives change. Why would God not want that for everybody? How are they going to know? Just keep doing what you've been doing. It's working. Keep sowing seed. Keep scattering seed. Lord, I thank you. I praise you for your word today. I thank you because the seeds are sown. What happens? We can't stop it. We can't stop it. Thank you for that word that you gave us. I'm encouraged. I'm excited. I pray today for this family, how I love them. I'm so proud of all of them, Lord. I know some of them are really struggling. Some have been saved a long time, doing really great. Other ones, man, I mean, it's a struggle every week. They're, they're struggling with habits and they're struggling with thought. And I'm just as proud of them, Lord. I'm so proud of them. Because they love you and you know they love you and they're part of your family and your Holy Spirit's working in their life and they are worthy to work in the garden. Right now I'm asking God, start with us at phase one, plow the field. And every person in this room right now, Lord, if you're willing to be that person, I want you to lift your hands up right now to the air and say, God, I'm willing. Break me up. Break up that fallow ground in me. Plow up this field in me. And make me fertile soil. I pray that right now, Lord. Every person that's praying it, you'll do it. That you'll just begin to take the plow of the Spirit. And begin to work in us. To prepare us for the work you're about to do. Now I pray, oh God, for every person that will that'll pray this with me. That they want to be one that scatters and sows seed. If you want to sow seed, I want you to lift that hand up. God, help them. Open doors to us, God. Open doors and let us scatter that seed. 
We're going to scatter it, not just with our words, but with the way we go about living our lives. We want to scatter seed. If you want to scatter seed, put it up. God, help us to scatter seed. Lord, for every person in this room that will pray with me, remind us. Remind us, Lord, I know we need water. We need water. We need rain. We need rain of the Holy Ghost. Got to come by prayer. I pray right now that you'll remind us. Will you pray? Raise your hand. Say, God, remind me to pray. Remind me to pray. Remind me to pray. We got to come against the enemy because he don't like this. Now we're making it public. He's really going to come against this. But Lord, we're going to pray. We're going to bind him in Jesus' name for the kingdom of God. And now, Lord, I pray for everyone that will harvest. If you'll work in the harvest, would you lift your hand? You'll work in the harvest. You say, I'm not worthy. I've never raised my hand before because I didn't think I was worthy. I couldn't get good enough. I'm telling you, we need you. Lift your hand up. We'll find a spot for you. God, we gotta, we got to have workers in the harvest. You said pray for workers in the harvest because you said the harvest was plenty, but the workers were few. I'm asking you right now, Jesus. Turn us into workers. Turn us into gardeners for you. Help us be involved in the harvest. Help us be involved, Lord, in greeting and loving and helping the people and teaching and pointing them in the right direction and ministering to them. Whatever we, whatever it is, whatever our part of that is that you want us to do in the harvest, help us, God, to understand and to not be settled not be satisfied with just sitting back watching someone else do it but God we're going to get involved we're going to make ourselves available to the harvest I thank you in Jesus name and now I just I'm going to be quiet and I just want you having heard that and been prayed for I want you just to take a few minutes this is a house of prayer take a few minutes and let the Holy Spirit deal with your heart according to this word and ask him what he wants to say to you. I don't know what that is, but just ask him what he wants to say to you. Let's take a few minutes and let's just hear from the Lord, shall we?